welcome back to what do you call this the com- the combination show of the fierce creators podcast and the big sticky show with the big sticky and what's up guys the little sticky <laughs> aka alex smart and joey went and the be smart honey farm crew we in the building yep yep, yep. Yes, what yes. up <laughs> in the building. oh Thank man you. hey for sure uh just so y'all know everybody this is uh God, I don't know where I'm going, but it's cool. You're welcome, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's been long overdue. Um, we've been doing a lot. This is a good way of us just kind of putting it all in one because me and Alex do a lot of separate live videos all the time, kind of saying what we're doing, but this is an opportunity to kind of put it all in one right. video and let everybody know what's going on. A good Venn diagram of the brands. What were you going to say? <coughs> nothing i was young oh, okay <laughs> ah, no nah. so yeah so this is cool um <coughs> com- combining some things so we got hopefully we're gonna have a uh, fire conversation and then you know the rest will be history we'll have a few more of these so Sweet. starting it off alex explain to the folks who are not familiar in the fierce creator community all budding 10 of them soon to be millions perhaps one day <laughs> what what it is you do and kind of your story as a uh, beekeeper and just in general, like anything. So um, I started uh, beekeeping um, because, uh, long story short, I went to go buy beeswax for my daughter to make like homemade chapstick um, and uh, met this beekeeper and uh, he was a commercial beekeeper and I worked with him. He's in uh, uh, mid 60s. Um, Good guy, worked with him for a year, um, and uh, essentially for free. Um, he get, would give me honey and stuff and wax, you know, every once in a while. But uh, basically, man, um, uh, learned a lot from him. And then this year, uh, really last year, kind of got started on my own, had a, had a few hives. And then this year, just kind of went in, went in hard on it. And, um, and, you know, we're doing everything from the big sticky show to, you know, I'm doing honey sales. I'm doing, we're doing, me and Joey are thinking about be, doing beehive removals from people's homes. Um, and then the, you know, the, the remodeling afterwards, you know, there's different, different aspects that of, of beekeeping that I'm trying to get into. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically, uh, my line in beekeeping right now. So you're kind of, you're kind of paving a way. Mm-hmm you're taking a little bit of what a bunch of different people are doing and kind of creating your own thing with it. Essentially. Yeah. 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 At what point did you find the faith, the confidence, the, uh, at what point did you start seeing it, the vision for what you're kind of got going on now? At first it was just about selling honey for me. Um, and then, um, somebody told me to start selling hives and then I realized like, Oh, there's a, there's an art where you can actually raise queen bees, uh, called queen rearing. Um, so I got into that and then, um, you know, somebody was like, Hey, you know, I think, you know, making flavored honey would be good. So then we started doing that and it just, everything, you know, has kind of just through networking and, um, you know, has just really just come together for us. And, uh, and especially with the, the big sticky show, really trying to get it out there on a, on a social media platform and, um, really, you know, make a, my, my real, uh, personal goal is to make a local queen that is, uh, that has good genetics that, you know, is, is just not necessarily like you could probably use this queen in other areas, but just one that's going to be specific for here. 
um, one that's going to be specific for this climate, for this region, um, and that can overwinter well. So. Yeah, there's so many different aspects that go into it. It's, it's cool to see, but like a hobby beekeeper is a hobby beekeeper. You know, they're not breeding. They're not artificial inseminating. They're, they don't have queen right. castles and things like that. So right. I think Alex does stand out a little bit for yeah. what he's doing. You know, right. it is pretty interesting to see. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, basically how, you know, me being a part of this too, though, like I've learned so much. So I think you should touch on the fact that it's educational. Like yes. the Big Sticky Show is strictly educational. It's not like, um, not it's not for everybody. But the people who it is for are going to nerd out on it big time. Right. Yeah. And it's it's like we're 11, 12 episodes in. We got three or four filmed. Um, it's just sheer numbers. You know, it's going to be a encyclopedia. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that's out there. So that's kind of what we're trying to create. When you get online, there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. A lot of experts. Uh, expert bee removal people, um, expert breeders, expert right. um, commercial guys, whatever, and they all share their aspects of it. But like, I don't really find a cataloged episode by episode how how to you know yeah. how to right. beekeep, right. and that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish here. Is something that everybody can watch if they want to just get in as a hobbyist, if they want to get into the more um, you know complexities of it all, but it's it's interesting man and it's it's to educate because there's a bigger issue you know like if you've seen any documentaries and bees you know their populations going down we're figuring out a lot yeah you know? and it, i don't think we can touch on everything in this podcast but that's where the episodes get in because we we dive into this stuff we dive into the nitty-gritty of where did it go wrong yeah why do we have mite problems you know where who did what and why and then you know killer bees like all these different things so it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves because right now it's just a youtube thing yeah and we hope to take it to a network eventually down the road and when we approach a network we want to be able to throw them 30 40 50 episodes of something and and let them tell us what we have you right. know? So gotcha that's fun, that's cool so how is i know joe you're kind of new to beekeeping You've been doing the video thing for like, you know, a handful of years and I can let you speak on that. So at what point did it all kind of click for you where you started seeing what Alex was doing, seeing your own like vision for the honey the, and the joy for the bees? Like, How did that all kind of come together? Because people who aren't familiar and and I sh I'll do a little bit better job in the back in the post edit of explaining this for my audio. But uh, just, you know, these guys two friends of mine joey and alex make the big sticky show and do a good job you know putting a putting a framework and an entertainment aspect to like explaining about the bees and kind of getting people engaged with this uh with bees in general and the importance of them in our planet at this point in time and just the love of the art of it too so that's for that i did a you know i'm owning it that so that for those of you guys who are tuning in that's kind of the backstory so now joey at what point did you know same kind of thing i asked alex where did you kind of fall in line with all of this Dude, good question man because honestly you're right i mean i've been doing video about a handful of years i'd say about five or six and um i've done a lot i've dipped my toes in different things and and did i ever think that 
uh, I would be doing the B stuff? No. I, did I approach Alex and say, hey, man, I think what you're doing is cool. Let's do videos. No. I actually personally wanted to get into beekeeping. I've yeah. been saying it for years. I've just always wanted to do it. I was curious about it. Yeah. So I hit him up and was like, hey, can I, can I get a hive? He said, sure, I'll sell you a hive. So what was cool was that like I nerded out on it a little bit more than the average person. Yeah. So Alex had, you know, he's like, hey, man, I appreciate these conversations. And plus, we went to high school together. So it was like rekindling, like, hey, man, cool. How have you been all, after all these years? So like I just kind of um, would ask the questions and that he'd like to answer. So the bear, um, the incident with my hives, I bought a hive from Alex. Uh, within a week, a bear came and knocked it over. Um, I was panicked. Uh, he calmed me down, walked me through the process, explained to me, hey man, you're probably going to lose your hive, but it's not the end of the world. And that just kind of got me into it more, where I was like, wow man, like, if, you know, I should have had a camera rolling. That would have been interesting, yeah. you know, and I didn't. Um, but we actually filmed a video the day he came and installed the hive, and it's on my YouTube channel, and it's just like beginner beekeeping. Um, and it's really cool. So that was kind of the idea is I said, hey, come out here and do this. And um, I said, come out here and do this and we'll go ahead and make a video out of it. So it turned out to be just a one. And then, you know, it just started to grow because he's like telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what, dude, I got all these cameras. I got all this, you know, we, we can do this. Yeah. So, you know, basically from there we did, you know. That's cool, man. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, check out the Big Sticky Show. You know, it's going to be kind of like a backlogged, almost curriculum slash entertainment, some infotainment, if you will. Definitely. And just because of the way we just kind of got the ball rolling and I reintroduced it, I could see uh, this and former parts being edited out. So, like, so I'm seeing it now, how it's going to be pieced together like smooth excluding this little moment i'm yeah, saying yeah. so let me re-ask you alex about the initial time you got into beekeeping as an art at what point did you think that you would be become a beekeeper and and what was that journey kind of like because i know you didn't just wake up one day and decide you're going to do it like um, weren't you uh, looking yeah, for so, some honey so or something when it clicked in that old beekeeper's driveway okay I say old beekeeper it probably pissed at me for something <laughs> uh, older Beekeeper. Old beekeeper. Um, yeah, so what, that, tell us you know, that story. When, when he stunk, okay, take, so he, take he people, how'd you get in the driveway? To like, go, in, to go into detail, man, really, he, uh, he, uh, I, you know, he offered me basically to go out and learn with him. And uh, I said, I said, no, nah, man, I said, I don't want to get stung. And he was like, you know, got tattoos. And he was like, you told me you got all those tattoos and you're not willing to get a bee stung. And I was like, okay, true. And he's like, I can put you in a suit. He's like, but it gets hot in the suit. And I was like, okay, true. So he took me around, stung me to make sure I wasn't allergic. Let me get stung one time on the arm. He picked up a queen, a worker bee and stung me. And uh, went out the next day with him. Went to South Georgia, man, and worked hives. And it was hot. It was like 90-something degrees. And I had to come out of the suit, man. I just had to wear a veil. So I knew in his driveway that this was this was a dying art. And there are... Plenty of hobbyists, which I think is great, man. I think hobbyist beekeepers are just as important as, as even maybe even more important than commercial. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I really truly believe that um, that I serve a purpose in this field in this art, um, even if it's just for my area, just for yeah. my little my little section of, of you know 
whatever, you know, for my neighborhood or for my, you know, county or city or whatever. Um, I just feel like, I felt like it was something I needed to do. And then I realized like, wow, you know, I can do something that I enjoy and something that's good for the earth and good for the environment and, and sell people a good product. Yeah. That's, that's what I was about to You know, say. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's really because like if people are talking all, all win, the time win. about bees dying, bees are dying off, bees are dying off. So there's, there's like, there's two really like, um, I guess, uh, impacting factors. Um, there's uh, things that, that are natural in a sense, um, pests and just bees, you know, like just the environment or whatever. There's things that we're do- we can- that we're doing to negatively impact bees. Okay, but really, we're doing a lot as human beings. Um, we need to do more of it. Yeah, uh, for sure. We're doing a lot as human beings to to positively impact. Mm-hmm. Right? right, more than we are. I feel negatively. Um, because yeah, we're cutting down trees. Yeah, we're cutting down bee, bees' homes, but which is a bad thing, dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's okay, right. but we're definitely also building hives. I mean, Man Lake, these companies that are you know they're selling beekeeping products, they're still selling them, man. They're still yeah. you know people are still becoming beekeepers, and but as far as you know, guys, these old school guys that are you know these these old country beekeepers that you go out and see that don't they don't wear a suit they don't wear protective equipment that tradition is dying off the love for the sting or the ability to take that sting is dying off and i'm not saying that makes you any less of a beekeeper i've seen guys that don't wear a suit at all that are bad beekeepers and some that wear a suit all the time they're great beekeepers you right know, that, does, that doesn't whether or not you wear a suit doesn't make you a good beekeeper or not yeah but it really truly matters i think to keep that tradition alive of going out there and doing it in that old school way and just you know it's just it's earthy almost there's like a primal aspect to it because i think that a lot of people beekeep for different reasons Mm -hmm. some people are doing it to save the bees some people want like honey you know some people need the wax so they're harvesting the things that the bees make and then there's this other aspect to it that's just primal like you like to go on a hike because you're out in the woods you like animals because you know they're just it's life man you know bees when you get into it and you see what they're doing it's like if our world could operate that way yeah it's efficient it's efficient you it's know? so efficient everything so, has a purpose there's no fat man it's just clean it's yeah, clean cut it works really yeah. well um it's a well-oiled machine and the thing of it is it's very delicate though so it, it's interesting man it's interesting because there's a lot of things you can do right there's a lot of things you can do wrong yeah Sure. There's there's a, there's a, a magic in the fact that you can load these wooden square rectangular boxes, thousand of them onto a semi truck flatbed, throw a net over them, and cart them across country, right? Mm-hmm. And everything's pretty much still okay, but you can totally destroy one hive. Like let's say you're a hobbyist beekeeper and you got two hives in your yard. And you're going through one of them and you put the frame in wrong and you didn't see the queen or whatever, dude, you could be done with it. So there's just this, this, you're, they're shipping something on a commercial level that's so fragile and it's so far. It's just this, this, these, it's so weird, man. And beekeeping is such a, it's a, it's a subculture, but it's like, 
I don't know, man. I can't, I can't describe it, man. That's you have beekeeping groups on Facebook and stuff that people are a part of and that people want to do this with and that with. And, you know, you got, uh, like I said, man, everywhere you turn, I had an older beekeeper would tell me one time I met him on Facebook and, uh, he said, uh, he said, everywhere you turn, there's somewhere, there's a way to make money in beekeeping. Yeah. Right. But it's not just a way to make money. There's some people just do it for a hobby. I know guys that go out and do removals as hobbies, you know. Interesting. Um, and just they'll, they'll just only they all they ask up for is the hive. So I mean, you got you know, there's people out there, you know, that are that are in love with this thing, and they have ways to either pay for their habit. I call it a habit, man, because that's exactly what it is <laughs> for yeah. some people. Um, or they make money on it, and uh, or some people just spend money on it, um, and. It's just a really cool thing, to, I think, to be a part of. And Joey, dude, you could tell when Joey, you know, got the bees and started learning about them and stuff, you could tell Joey was in love with it. And, you know, so I think everybody, if they if you put them in a suit and let them realize, like, oh, I don't have to get stung, but I can see all this coolness. Yeah. That it's, you know, it turns out that they fall in love with it. To almost go back everybody. to answering your question, like, what made it, cool. what made it you know, like, strike, what, what made me put the pieces of the puzzle together of, video and bees and all that yeah i, I just thought the, the bear when the bear hit that hive man like i couldn't get a hold of alex that day yeah i couldn't like he was busy he was working and um like i was panicked i probably called his phone like 30 times you know what i mean and i was freaking out well i went and joined like <laughs> 10 beekeeping groups that yeah week. so i had just like briefly went on facebook and just explained what happened and I guess what really got me was like, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, yard sale, garage sale groups, home improvement groups, whatever. Yeah. And Facebook, it, you know, you'll post something sometimes it might get 10, 20 likes or, you know, engagements like kind of there maybe. But these posts that I put into this beekeeping group had so much engagement. For me, I was like, whoa. And I just said, hey, you know, my hive got knocked over by the bear. Here's a couple photos. It was like, 200 comments, 500 and something likes or whatever. People reaching out to me from all over the country, man. Like, and I was like, That's wild. holy shit, this community is deep. <laughs> yeah. Like, these people love bees. Like, yeah. all these people were giving me the straight. Like, yeah. hey, man, that bear's going to be back. You know, they weren't bullshitting me. They were telling me what was going to happen, but they're also walking me through it. I couldn't get a hold of Alex. Man, I had 200 other professionals. Like, what was up? <laughs> Yeah. So that kind of was the That's moment cool. for me. That's yeah. when I was like, wow, okay, the engagement's there. Why isn't the content there? Mm -hmm. There's some people making the content, but I'm a content creator. This guy spits knowledge like it's crazy. He needs to be on camera. Let's turn the camera on. Let's turn the camera on. Yeah. That's kind of that. You know? Cool. The Big Sticky show came from, he had a nickname, Big Sticky. And I brought it up, said that that's a good idea for the name of the show, and he kind of didn't like it at first. I just edited it in, <laughs> and uh, it's it's it stuck. He likes no it. no pun intended, but it now. stuck. But, uh, <laughs> I love it, dude. I love the idea, and uh, we're not even close to being done with a lot of the things we want to do as far as right. the, the logos, the graphics, the yeah. t-shirts, and and all the. This is our first year. I mean, this isn't even a full year that we've been doing this. Yeah, just a yeah. season. I, I could season. see it turning into one day like a documentary and then also like even like you said maybe getting picked up somewhere yeah, or yeah, just yeah like little yeah. mini episodes or Absolutely. you could go like 10 different directions you go yeah. like three at the there's, same time and the so. thing is man is there's so many people who are i'm not i don't claim to be any kind of expert or anything like yeah i do there's so many people who could answer questions and and things 
uh, specific things much better than I can. They know the research, they know the data, they can show you graphs and charts and you know, they've got all that information. Um, then that's stuff that I've looked over. It's stuff that I've looked over to, to get a, a gist of an idea or, you know, to answer a question that I may have. But, um, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I don't claim to be some kind of expert. Um, but I'm definitely somebody who cares and yeah. I want to see bees do better than what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think it's a shame that, that the modern average everyday American can't, tell you what's a honeybee or what's a yellow jacket. Like, like if one was swarming or like flying around them, um, that you, you couldn't like the average American probably couldn't tell you if it was a yellow jacket or a honeybee. Yeah. They don't care. Cause they think, Oh, like it's going to sting me. Um, and, or if they were good, you know, I've had, I've had people, uh, with, you know, call me for cutouts and they're like, Oh, I sprayed them, you know? And it's like, you know, dude, like you sprayed them, you know, knowing that they were honeybees and they're like, well, I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know they're in danger or whatever, you know, like I didn't know yeah. I wasn't thinking. I thought they might've been hornets. So right. it's just important. I think for people to know, and this stuff should be on everyday television. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really, really should. People should know the difference between just like people know the difference between Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden. People should know the difference between a honeybee and anything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not you can determine, whether or not you can defer or tell the difference between a wasp and a hornet doesn't matter to me. I just want to be able to tell the difference between a honeybee. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of different stuff that, that you can do though to, to get words out there. And, but I think this is a great idea. And Joey, when he hit me with it and he was like, Hey man, like this is something that I think would be cool. I think it'd be beneficial. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm down for it. So, well, um, let me ask you this. If someone, you know, who's listening, it's like, okay, I like this. Maybe I want to get into beekeeping. What, what do they do? What is the first step they can tangibly do? Like maybe they live, do they need to live, you know, in the country kind of like we do? Do they need to have, you know, I mean, like, let's say someone in India and Mumbai or something random is like listening, like, Mm -hmm. like what, what, where do people even start if they want to get into beekeeping or even be a part of, the movement in general and help beekeepers and the bees all around. Like what's, what are some starting off things for just a beginner who doesn't know the difference between any kind of bee and, or anything about beekeeping, but is interested. I would, I would say, so I offer a course, a local course to people for on a local level. Yeah. It's not on the internet, but this, this these videos are kind of like gearing towards that, um, putting Mm -hmm. stuff out there for people to be able to access. But I would say contact your, uh, you know, Google, uh, your local beekeeper, mm-hmm. um, because the thing is, is we all network. Um, I know 20 guys right now in the local area that I can call that are beekeepers. Cool. Um, and if the person that you call randomly, uh, just on Google duck was not willing to do it or doesn't have time to do it, they can get you a number of somebody who can, um, and they, you know, especially if you're just going into it as a hobbyist. Now, if you're going into it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to spend a bunch of money and I want to make a bunch of money. Right. People are not going to be as willing to help you because it is a business at that point. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're uh, if you're going into, um, you know, this is just a hobbyist who's going to have a few hives on their property. Um, I would say just contact your local beekeeper and see about purchasing uh, what, what's called a. Uh, uh, basically five frame nukes or uh, starter bee packages. Mm-hmm. Um you can order equipment from Man Lake. Um, you can order that stuff already put together or unassembled. Um, as far as where you live, um, man, they've got bees uh, 
on every continent except for Antarctica. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, you know, they, you can pretty much have bees anywhere. It's just, uh, it's now here in Georgia, uh, you're gonna have to look up your local laws, but here in Georgia, um, you can have bees. You don't have to register them. Um, you can have them in your yard, uh, as long as your neighborhood is, uh, doesn't have any regulations against it. Um, and, uh, you just have to, there's a, what's called a good neighbor clause in the, uh, in the bill that is about bees. Um, that if you are going to be a beekeeper, you have to do certain things like point your hive entrances away from people's homes, uh, things like that, flight paths and stuff. If you're going to feed, you need to feed, you know, close to the hive or whatever. So you can do certain things even in a neighborhood. I know a guy right now who's uh, got uh, bees in HOA neighborhood. Okay. And uh, so anybody can pretty much beekeep anywhere just depending on, you know, the, the ordinances and laws where you live. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. What kind of what? Like, I know you enjoy it. What What about it? Do you like? Like, honestly, man, a sense of identity. Part? Yeah. Um, and a sense of individualism. Um, because it's it brings me individualism, but it's because it's based off of a reason. They treat everybody the same. Yeah. They treat everybody the same. They don't care who you are. They don't care what you are. If you come knocking on their hive, come opening their hive up, causing trouble, you're going to get stung. Okay. And not many people are willing to do this. Yeah. How many people are willing to stand there and take it while they're still trying to look for a queen or inspect a hive? Okay. And I think that, run. that they'll run. <laughs> and that's, that's that for me. And that's not a macho thing. Yeah. It's not a macho thing. Okay. Because... There are it's tribes. A it's a respect thing. Yeah, it really is. I I respect the now. There are certain hives that I walk up to and I'm going to put a suit on. Okay, I'm going to at least put a veil on. You know, cover my face. But it gives me a sense of identity, personal identity, because you know nobody. It's like um um. You ever seen the movie uh, uh Fried Green Tomatoes? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when chick walks out and gets the honey out of the the hive and stuff, and she doesn't get stung. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. It's bullshit, man. It's mm. Bullshit. That doesn't happen. Okay. Like it. Maybe there's some people that can go out there in a swarm or something and not get stung. Yeah. You know there, that happens. You know I've walked out in the middle of a swarm and not got not gotten stung. If you walk go out to a beehive and <laughs> stick your hand in it, you're gonna get stung. Right. Probably. You know Probably. And uh, no matter how calm or smooth you are moving, so you know it's it's a reality check. You know what I'm saying it's every time I go out there, it gives me, it tunes me in to gotcha. reality that I'm a human being. I'm, it, it humbles me, but it also lets me know that I'm set apart from other human beings because I'm willing to go out there and I'm willing to do that. And that doesn't mean anything. Dude, I, other human beings can build homes. Yeah, I can't build a house, right? Other people, other people can paint or take pictures, or that I can't do that. I respect that just as much as I respect beekeeping as an art. Right, right. Um, I love tattoos. I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Both those things are art that's associated with pain. Um, and I don't know. Maybe I'm sick. I don't know. Maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with me. For real. Like, there's, I think there's something There's something in my head. Not necessarily what's something wrong with me, a mental illness or anything, but I think there's something in my head that pushes me to do things that other human beings don't do. It's, yeah. It's primal. It it's is. It's like the guys that we watched on Vice that were pulling the honey off the side of the cliff, the hallucinogenic yeah. honey. Yeah. 
Them guys ain't wearing <laughs> nothing but a net on their head. Wait, there's know? hallucinogenic honey? Yeah, yeah, hallucinogenic honey in Nepal. Yeah. And yeah. these guys, oh gosh. Yeah, like we'll link it in the description or something. But these guys I want some of that. climb on the side <laughs> of this cliff with ladders that they weaved out of like just rope. Rope, yeah. like yeah. vines like and vines. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they wow. climb on the side of this thing and they're, they knock the comb and the honey down into baskets. If you've ever seen... Time, they're getting drilled, their faces are swollen up. Have you ever seen the new Jungle Book? Where he talks about Mowgli into going up and knocking the honey off of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. It's exactly like that. Those dudes are doing it old school, That's yeah. funny, though, yeah. And it's funny, man, because, like, you know, we had... Like, now that we've got Langstroth hives, you know, mm -hmm. like, which is the rectangular uh, box, wooden boxes that you see... Uh, those are great, man. Those are that that makes it all much simpler. Um, and even with the uh, what is it, the flow hive, right? With the the, the thing you stick your key in and you turn it in the hun the honey pours out. Yeah, great, man. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, great equipment. But back in the day, man, they were like the honey pot. I'm saying, like, dude, they the Egyptians used to have pots of, of with beehives in them, mm -hmm. and you'd lift the top of the pot off, and there'd be hunt there'd be honeycomb just all inside that lid. You know what I'm saying? And that would be like the frame. You know what I'm right. saying? And that's, that's what they cool. would do. And he'd go in there and cut. And that's why honey was so valuable, man. Like yeah. a beehive back in the day, like, I don't know, a specific year, but like the 1600s, 1700s, was worth like a horse and a cart. Wow. That was like what was traded for a beehive back in the and day. And you got that old expression, you know, like honey, honey, milk and honey, a life yeah, of milk the and land honey. That flows with milk and honey. Yeah, because like honey was so rare of a treat back then. That's the only way you had to sweeten your food. You know what I mean? Like yeah. before, before we really started colonizing the Caribbeans and growing cane sugar mass pr mass production wise, you know that's you got to think, man. That honey was it. Yeah. And um, and if things ever get to the point where we can't grow cane sugar, we're having to live on like a local, you know, mm -hmm. uh, subsistence level again. Your local beekeepers are going to be the people with the 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 resource yeah the, the sweet you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's the sweetness you know like if yeah. you want any kind of uh, i got that sweet i got that sweet and it's like and it really is it's it's good it's a good honey is um if you're gonna use honey in any way to to add into your diet just use it to supplement sugar gotcha right use it to supplement sugar if you're gonna i know a guy right now um i think what is it two cups of sugar most people put in sweet i'd make it like some sweet tea some sweet sweet tea yeah. he puts like a cup of honey right hmm. right and that makes his tea on point and it's got that that flavor that little hint of honey you know oh, yeah. flavor but it's just it does anybody does everybody know what how honey's produced how honey's made it's nature so so flowers produce flowers and bees have co-evolved right they've evolved mm -hmm. side by side and um, wasps and hornets have kind of become like predatory insects off of bees, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. like maybe wasps and hornets came first. Who knows? But um, bees, honeybees, um, when they go and get that nectar from the flower, um, it's it's a it's a sugar. It's like a sucrose or whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not a scientist. Um, so <laughs> and sounds, they take that legit. back and they 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 mix it with an enzyme that's in the saliva. Yeah, and they put it into honeycomb into the gotcha. cell right and they you know do this over and over again actually they drop it off to a uh, another worker bee at the hive and they take it in um, and then the worker bee goes and finds so more part of cool the process of making it is actually them transferring it the enzyme gotcha that's what makes that's what turns it from nectar to honey is that enzyme yeah and that's what that enzyme actually makes it so that it can last a long time because you got to think man if a tree's a hundred years old Right, and that beehive's in there for a hundred years. Some of that hunt, not necessarily some of that honey, is a hundred years old. But like, 
Oh, yeah. That honey is, some of that's old. You know? so, so I actually learned today, listening to an unrelated podcast, mm -hmm. they were talking about the enzymatic effects of honey and how like healthy it can be for you. They are finding honey, like you said, in Egyptian uh, pyramids that is enzymatically like bioavailable, as in it's still living. Yes, still good. Thanks. Thousands of years, yes. you can eat it yes. still. There's nothing else. So it, they say it's the most bioavailable enzymatic food on the planet. Well, there's right. also so, the, there's right. crystallization that goes on too. I will right. let you touch on this, but anybody that's ever bought honey from a grocery store, you've seen that nice, perfect looking honey, and then you've seen the stuff that's crystallized. Let's just say that everybody's everybody that's beekeeping for honey, I mean, you're not necessarily letting the process go as yeah. far as it needs to go. Mm -hmm. I would say the best honey is the stuff that's sat the longest. The reason is is because they humidify it, they, right. they flap their wings on it, they, right. they cure it. But if that honey's taken before it's cured properly, then it'll start to crystallize. Right, right. So, I mean, not saying it's bad honey. Because it's not, it still has everything pretty much that you want. But mm -hmm. as far as is it gonna last as long? Yeah. No. The stuff that's gonna last the longest is gonna be the stuff that's totally mm -hmm. done right. It's sat long. So yeah, like Alex said, you find a hundred-year-old tree, you find some honey in there that could be twenty, thirty years old. It's gonna be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's it all it all boils down to yeah, like if you get if you get like a raw honey from a local beekeeper, man, people get mad. I have one lady. She said. Uh, she, it wasn't my honey, but she's like, yeah, I bought this honey from this guy. He was on the side of the road, and it was just in a mason jar. It didn't have a label on it. And he, um, you know, I had it for, you know, a little while, maybe a month or so, and it crystallized, you know. And I said, well, I said, I said that's a good thing. Hmm. She said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, I said, that means that he didn't do anything to it to make it not crystallize. Yeah. Hmm. Right? So bees gotcha. keep their hives at 97 degrees, 96 degrees all the time, mm. right? Um, that's ideal temperature for queen rearing, for honey storage, right? And it makes the honey uh, still malleable for their mouths. Um, honey at room temperature to a bee is, I mean, it's still delicious, but it's not, it's thick, right? Um, they keep, you put it at 97 degrees, it gets a little thinner, right? So if we store it, though, at room temperature all the time and for a long time, it'll actually crystallize. It'll harden up. The sugar mm. crystals will reform together, and, and it'll be just like a almost like a honey butter. Gotcha. Like, um, not a honey butter from, like, uh, Ryan's <laughs> or whatever, but um, it's uh, – it, I love Ryan's. It's, uh, it's, a delicious, it's delicious to put on a biscuit like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, – but, yeah, so if you heat it up, I think it's, like, over 140 degrees – or whatever, it won't crystallize, but you're also destroying a lot of those enzymes, mm. the, the probiotics and stuff that are in, in uh, bees, so in uh, honey. They didn't tamper with it, you mean they didn't heat it? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, those that, those guys in those commercial, in those grocery stores are probably doing that. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's some, I've been into Walmart, man, and I've seen some raw honey uh, that's been there for, I guess, a little too long or whatever. It got too cold. That can happen, too, if it gets uh yeah, if it gets really cold, man, like uh, I went into a, um, I won't say the store, but I went into a store one time and it was cold and um, uh, I wasn't selling honey there, but somebody else was. 
and you could see, dude, like there was like five or six jars of that honey that had crystallized. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the date that it was bottled on, and it was it, was, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't long enough for it to crystallize at room temperature. Yeah. So is it a problem, like Alex? I know that another reason why I got into it is I wanted to have a good plug on local honey because I had yeah. watched a documentary on Netflix talking about the rice syrup and the yes. and the these yes. countries out China and you know, out that way and stuff that are pushing us this product that's diluted. Yeah. yeah. That's on a commercial level. That's yeah. on a commercial level. So, um, that's why it's important, man. Um, even like people talk about micro farming and big ag and stuff and I'm in agreement, but I also think that there's a place for that. I think that there, that there is some, not, maybe not as much as we're doing it. Yeah. Um, but the same thing goes for beekeeping. Beekeeping is just another form of agriculture. Um, mm-hmm. And it's whether or not you want to be a gardener or do you want to be a farmer, right? Right. Um, so really, man, if you look at it like – if you look at it from, uh, I guess, a honey perspective, producing just honey, man, you've got guys that are shipping in 55-gallon, you know, tank tankers, you know what I mean? Tankers full of this stuff, and it's just – fake honey it's rice honey yeah. it's there's like rice Gross. syrup or whatever i don't know how they make it i haven't watched the documentary that, but it's it's ridiculous how much it's coming over like here a lot of it is just like a 10 percent cut where you got like 10 percent real honey right the rest is all well, rice syrup. yeah yeah so you got that <laughs> yeah. little flavor you and know? the thing is is like this isn't the stuff that you're gonna see no now chocolate. that stuff you're not gonna see it be necessarily um on a shelf in a bottle in a jar on a shelf at walmart right that's stuff that you're gonna see that's being used uh, in honey honey nut muffins or honey nut Cheerios or whatever. You know what I mean? To flavor, you know, that's the stuff that that's the type of stuff that those big companies like that not saying that they yeah, do. I wouldn't be surprised not, if you still see it on the shelf. <laughs> not saying that they do. Not saying that those companies do use that. But saying you know big companies like that that use honey flavoring in their stuff are going to be able to use stuff like that for cheaper than what they're going to be able to buy somebody like my honey for. Right. But dude, even on a national average, man, I think like right now, uh, I forget what it is per pint, um, per like pound of honey, but dude, it's a lot, man. It's like 14 or 15 bucks for what would be a pint of honey. And I sell mine for like 12. Right. So, um, and that's wildflower, you know, this is the average national price for wildflower honey, but, um, it's, it's insane, man. I mean, they, it just like the price per barrel of oil goes up and down. Mm -hmm. Honey does the same thing. So. Maybe in some future apocalyptic society, we'll be using honey as a currency. As a currency, yeah, yeah. That's how, dude. That's how they. I mean, that's if bees ruled the world, dude. You know, they'd have like if honey bees dollars. Bees ruled the world. Yeah. A a free yeah, dude. Call it the bee coin or something, or the honey. Yeah. You know, honey the nectar. The, the nectar. nectar token, yeah. The nectar. Yeah. yeah, something. Something slick. The something slick. Yeah. But is he boy? Bobby Nectar. I don't know. Bobby Nectar, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I was actually gonna ask you, you know, are you gonna be the Michael Jordan of the honey hole? Of of be, of, of, of beekeeping. I'm, I'm definitely not gonna be the Michael Jordan of of, uh, of beekeeping. Um, no? No, no, Come no. Come on. Dude. I'm 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 not Who? even and then, I'm not even the T ball of beekeeping, okay, man. Okay, but yeah. maybe you know, maybe this is just the, the formative years. Like who is if there let me ask you this, the follow up question, because this is the thought that spurred that little little side, is who is the goat 
of oh, beekeeping. God. Is there a Michael Jordan of beekeeping? So this is the thing, man. Is that a this thing? is the thing. Um, I'm gonna say I couldn't say that there's a Michael Jordan of beekeeping, but I could say that there's definitely a 90s bulls like yeah. that I could put together for you, right? Yeah. So, dude, like obviously off the rip, dude, you got um uh Keith Dale Plain from UGA, Jennifer Berry from UGA. I would say that those two are, are, are very, very knowledgeable. Um, uh, I would say, too, man, um, there's a guy, I forget his name, but he works at the University of Florida. He's brilliant. I've watched a lot of his stuff on the National Honey Show. Um, that's another good outlet for people to find a lot of good information. If Once, you, once you've learned some basic stuff and you want to like really nerd out, the National Honey Show, they put on lectures. It's based in England every year. Um, this is the first year that they did it all online. But you can go on there on YouTube and watch all their lectures. Nice. They'll have a guy on there talking. He did a year and a half study, two year study on like small hive beetles. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is one pest in, in a beehive, right? And it's just that deep into detail that he's that he's going um, into that study, and he's he gives all that information and certain things that they found out about small hive beetles, and um, everybody cool. goes into these different collegiate level uh, scholarly research programs um, into these different subjects and topics and it's it's really it's great stuff uh but i i don't i would for queen rearing i would say uh jay smith um <laughs> jay smith is a is like what he wrote a book called raising local queens i think is what mm-hmm. it's called why well, i think you were about to uh, i thought you were talking about a rapper or something i was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now dude yeah now rapping wise man uh big big buzz i just found this cat out dude i just found out about this guy a few days ago, yeah, he's got honeycomb on the side of his face, dude, and it's tattooed on the side of his face. I'm like, dude, what a gangster, dude. Yeah. Like, that's such a, like, if you were, if I was going to go into rap, like, I guess, like, knowing what I know now about life, if I was going to go into rap, I guess that'd be my rap gig. Yeah. I'd get up as, like, the big, st- like, big sticky or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, going back to your, his question, I don't think you're going to be, like, the build nigh of anything no. with bees or anything like that, but I do think that this big sticky show is going to live way beyond you like way beyond us i mean it's right. just now getting started right. we all know that youtube videos sit sometimes it takes a while for them to get going right. but the right. stuff lives on and i would not doubt if these these episodes start to accumulate you know i mean a lot of them do have over a couple thousand views you know when you start looking at the youtube and facebook analytics but i'm talking in the long run i i think that your face is going to become common within the community just because what you're doing with the show um there are a lot of people doing a lot but not everybody's documenting it like how we plan on documenting it we plan on documenting this episode by episode teaching people but also the journey so check back in three years from now because you know who knows where we'll be you know and that's the thing is we're going to do it our way now what we think is going to be looking good and then if we can take this to a network down the road, then we're malleable. We're, you know, right. we'll shape it to however it needs to be. It needs to be. Yeah. And it'll be fun on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is something that, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily, um, like we're, um, going to save bees. You know what I'm saying? Like save the bees by doing this. Um, it's, there's people out there saving bees. And I think that it's important for the world to know about it. And um, people who are way smarter about beekeeping than I am, um, who are out there doing this thing, and I want to, I want to showcase showcase those people. Right. I want to showcase what those people are doing. The people who are making the Minnesota Hygienic Italians, the people who are making 
you know, the ankle biters or whatever, the people who are making uh, whatever B, you know, subspecies or strain or whatever B race that is affecting yeah affecting bees in a positive manner those are the those are the the michael jordans and the this and the that the scotty pippins the lebron jameses of of beekeeping i'm just a uh i don't even know where i would be. i'm just an announcer really you know what i'm saying <laughs> like saying hey dude look at these guys you know what i'm saying yeah. look what they're doing because because we're going around and we're eating our honey nut muffins you know what i'm saying but we're mm-hmm. not appreciative of what went into that Right. Um, I saw I saw a meme one time. It was like it was insane how many bees, like somebody had taken the time to figure out how much it t- how much nectar it took, how many bees and poly- flowers were visited to just get that one pint of honey. Right. It was like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of flowers were visited just for that pint of honey. Jeez. So it's it, you know, and we just we just disvalue it because yeah. because of things like the rice syrup and the. You know, we, we completely disvalue it and the, the hard work that it goes into. Mm-hmm. You know, when I tell people, I told, I told one guy, he's like, how much you charge for a gallon of honey? And I was going to cut him a deal. I was like, man, I'll do you like for 60 bucks, 70 bucks, you know, something like that. He was like, man, I used to better get it for 40. And I was like, man, you got to go talk to that guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, because like, that's, <laughs> it's, it's when you look into how much I could get, even if I was to wear a suit, how hot I would be. Okay. You know I'm saying how much I'm sweating, how much I'm, how much is going, the labor that's going into that. Job. You ever moved? Oh yeah, you know you know how sore your back is and stuff from moving. Oh yeah, that's, that's every day after beekeeping because yeah. you can't you can't just those boxes are 60, 70 pounds sometimes. I've I've, I've seen some I've seen some guys pull up boxes that are probably eighty pounds. Right, and you can't just throw those things around, man, because there there could be a queen bee in there. Right, you know so. It's a, it's a physical job, man. And you see a lot of these dudes, man. They're 60, 70, 80 years old, and they're still doing it, man. Yeah, they've been doing it for forty years. You know, and and. They're getting older, man, and this is this was twenty years ago a dying tradition, and it is still today. But you see more people doing it. But now you see, you know, Tom and Karen have you know a couple of beehives behind their house, and they go out and pull honey and they give it to their friends. You know, that's great, dude. We need more Tom and Karens. But what we also need is is more Billies and nancy's who you know go out and and they they said you know what we want to do 10 hives and we want to set up at the market and we want to sell right. our honey and and the local governments have been making it harder because they've been enforcing more laws on us as beekeepers to you know you got to have in order to in order for me to sell honey to you for you to sell to somebody else as like a middleman in order for me to to do that and not just sell it directly to that person I have to do, I have to go through kitchen, you know, arrangements and this and that health department codes, which you should, right? You should have to, to a degree, but there's, there's farmer's markets won't let an old timer beekeeper set up anymore and sell honey anymore. I mean, I think that's a little bit ridiculous, but that's more of a, that's more of a political thing. I think I'm saying it's not, that's not necessarily to necessarily save the bees, but that's why a lot of these, these old timers are getting out of it. It's because, like, man, they used to be able to go get their money back that they're spending on whatever supplies that they were having to have, but now they're not. Um, and hobbyist beekeepers are the same way. Like, that's why they don't ever get more than two hives because they they're give they're consuming and giving away all they can. Right. You know. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to, you know, I'm going to buy ten hives. I'm going to turn them into thirty, and then I'm going to do this and this and this and try to make something out so of it. So you have thirty hives now. I've got thirty two as I sit. Well, I think twenty nine as I sit right now. Um, because I sold some, I had 37 at one point. I sold some, I've had some, uh, that died out due to robbing, Mm -hmm. um, which is something bees do. uh